Indeed, there are more questions than answers, like is one in four frogs a leapfrog? Hi America, hello world. My name is Adrian Lee and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. It's quite comforting, really. So snuggle under your covers. <laughs> I'll really. miss it. I'll no. miss it when it's gone. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... <laughs> we need to get some oil on that. It must That's be what a... she said. <laughs> it used to work. Why don't we try it again in five minutes and see what happens. Let me start by introducing tonight's guests... Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather got a rescue cat this week and realised they're a lot like recycled toilet paper. Good for the planet, but scratchy. Welcome to the show, Heather. Good evening. I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy Michelle Corey. Michelle was born in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle bumped into her old Spanish teacher this week who asked what she'd been up to now. Michelle told her she goes to the cinema, drinks coffee, and plays soccer with her brother. Welcome to the show, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. Me and este show. That is a better week than I've had, by the way. I decided this week I would do my own prostate check at home. And I lost a pen. I just thought I'd share that with you. 
In fact, I just adjusted myself in the chair and I signed two copies of my latest book. Oh. 85. <laughs> this is Series 2, Episode 85. 85 is a Halloween type of number. He will wear a mask and knock on your door and demand candy. 85 was the IQ and nickname of Aaron in the film Alien 3, played by actor Ralph Brown, who also played a pilot in The Phantom Menace and the roadie Del Preston in Wayne's World 2. I picked up an alien chick once that was lost and couldn't remember how to get back to her ship. I spent all night driving around in corn circles. E85 is fuel, 85% ethanol and 15% conventional gasoline. Gasoline is so expensive right now, I was actually thinking of getting my car towed to the studio. British Rail (laughs) Class 85 is an electric locomotive from the early 1960s. This, of course, is our Halloween special show. So, of course, you have to wait forever to catch a train on Halloween because they only run a skeleton service. (laughs) By the way, if a big monster came along and decided to eat that, that would then be a choo-choo train. Now, each week, I love to read out the mailbag. I love all of your messages. Mailbag! All of your letters, all of your posts on Facebook. We're on Facebook. You can see all of our stories and you can comment and talk to other individuals listening to the show on all things paranormal-related or Halloween or just the madness that is MQTA. Mark in Ohio posted, Please consider a hilarity warning on your archived episodes. I almost drove off the road three times listening to the dumpy pervert story <laughs> on episode 17. I'm just thankful but Michelle didn't say that's my stripper name or it would have been the end. <laughs> Things to be grateful for. That's I right. I do remember that story. That was a story on a golf course about a woman that was doing very lewd and unnecessary things. Perhaps we should have a warning on all of our shows. Do not listen to MQTAFE driving or operating heavy machinery or pregnant or suffering with a weak heart. Heather could do an accent and someone in France could suddenly shout out, it's a boy, it's a boy. See how that could work. Oh. To be fair, it'd be a c'est un garçon, c'est un garçon, but I think you're getting the idea. <laughs> Jay has written, listening now, laughing too hard that I can't type. Jill in Iowa posted, first time tuning in, enjoyed it very much. Bruce in Oregon simply says, tears of joy, ha 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 ha, wonderful show. You can comment at any time on all of tonight's stories. You can find all the videos, the photographs and much, much more that we can't read out on Dark Matter Digital Network going out at 8pm Central Time on a Friday. If you go to more questions and answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook. All of our shows are archived and available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes and TuneIn Radio. But we are a week behind because Dark Matter does like to play our shows during the course of the week. But go to soundcloud.com, type in MQTA Radio and the last three years is there for you. You can listen to them in the car while you're driving. Driving into the ditch, driving into the <laughs> into the roundabout, through the traffic lights, through the stop sign. You could listen to those if you're giving birth in France. Perhaps that'll be useful for you. Woo-hoo. Induce a bit of labour there, I guess. Sure. You could listen to those in the gym, walking the dog, anywhere you wish. We have a Twitter account. It's Adrian 
underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S for the International Paranormal Society. We've nudged up to 86,000 followers on there at the moment. So you're welcome to join us on there as well. We have a YouTube channel, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. And I have read out free of charge several chapters from my books on that particular channel. If you type for How To Be A Christian Psychic by Adrian Lee, you will find three free chapters for you to listen to on there. I would like to say a big thank you. We've been very busy. Halloween. Halloweenus. Halloweenus. Halloweenus is the biggest time of the year for me. I mentioned this before. Everyone wants a paranormal investigator the week before Halloween. Come the 1st of November, I'll be sat here in the dark without the phone ringing. Nobody wants me. It's Santa Claus in January. So this week has been madness. On Tuesday, I want to say a big thank you to Ian Graham Leask and all at KFAI out of Minneapolis. We did a show called Right On Radio. That's a book show. That was on Tuesday. A big thank you to all of the listeners for that. That was a joy. I did a show on Monday out of New Orleans on PSN Radio called UFO Nought. If people want to listen to that, they can go to our Facebook site and all of these shows are now archived. You can listen to me being interviewed about ghosts, UFOs, Halloween, hauntings and my latest book. CF, who's a regular listener in Canada, has posted underneath that particular segment there, that PSN radio show I did on Monday. He posted, was great to hear you on PSN tonight, Adrian. I hope you will be able to post a link to a recording of it so anyone who missed the show can hear the serious side of you. I hope they have you on again. So I did post that. That is there. And that's absolutely right. I'm a paranormal investigator, of course. I'm a psychic. I do very serious things outside of this show. This show's madness, I tell you. For the rest of the week, I'm miserable and I'm British. And I complain about the weather and how bad the tea is. If people are interested, I do have some radio shows coming up where I'm going to be interviewed. So if you wish to listen to me outside of tonight's show, tomorrow night, Jeremy Scott is interviewing me at 9.15 Central Time. That's a couple of hours. So Jeremy Scott's show, that's 9.15 tomorrow, Saturday night. On Sunday at 9pm Eastern, I'm on Pang Radio being introduced and interviewed by Mike MJ Lucas. That's a great show. I do that every Halloween. We have a lot of fun with that, a Uh lot of interaction. I've got photographs of all the hauntings, all the ghosts, everything I've been doing in the last year. If people want to listen to me talk about all the hauntings, the evidence and the ghosts, that's Sunday night, 9pm Eastern on Pang Radio, being interviewed by MJ Lucas. That will be a great one to do. On Monday, 12 o'clock at night, I think 11, I will post these on our Facebook site. I believe that's 11 o'clock on Central Time. But I'm doing The Other Side of Midnight by Richard C. Hoagland. So again, that's a great show. Lots of followers, lots of listeners. Three interviews, three evenings. So I'm going to be very busy talking about all things ghostly and all things Halloween. If people are interested, go to our Facebook site. I will post all of these things. Talking of Facebook... Yes. David Ellefson, mm-hmm. bass player, founder of Megadeth, yep. did a fantastic video for me on Wednesday night yes, he to did. promote my book. Yeah, if people go to cool. our Facebook sites, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, they will see David Ellefson of Megadeth talking about my book and the legends of Loon Lake and the ghosts and the hauntings of the witches surrounding there. Because Megadeth wrote a song about that particular witch called Mary Jane. 
mm-hmm. on the 1988 album, So Good, So Far, So What? Or is it So Far, So Good, So What? So Far, So Good, So You'll what? find it. You will yep. find it. It's a very famous Megadeth. <laughs> you go find it. I'm an expert on all things thrash metal, of course. Now, what's very interesting, I'm going to read. This is a Halloween special tonight. Yay. We've got lots Ow. of Halloween-themed. <laughs> Michelle's turning into a werewolf as we live and breathe. A she-wolf. A she-wolf. Mm. A schwolf. <laughs> a schwolf. I thought that was a female dwarf, but that's another story. Oh, boy. I am going to read out The Loon Lake Witch, The Curse of Loon Lake Cemetery. The song by Megadeth, Mary Jane, a witch buried alive by her father in a pioneer cemetery in 1880 in Jackson County. Creepy urban legends. I went out to that cemetery with my team. And this is one of the chapters in my book. My book, Mysterious Midwest. It's only been out a week. Unwrapping urban legends and ghostly tales from the dead. With a foreword by David Ellison of Megadeth. It's Halloween. Every year at Halloween, I read something out. Do you remember when I read The Raven? Yes. Edgar Allan Poe mm-hmm. in, a, in a bookshop. That was a joy, wasn't it? It was. I think that may be on our SoundCloud site. We certainly have that in there, I we think. We might, yeah. If you go back a few years, you'll hear me reading The Raven. But I'm just going to read you now just a paragraph from the book about the Witch of Loon Lake who came to me across the cemetery as a ghost, actually saw her. And there's a photograph of her in the book. Unfortunately, I did not know the location of Mary Jane's grave, making it impossible for me to avoid stepping over her. The headstone had been removed some years ago in an effort to save it from acts of vandalism. Her marker also would have allowed recidivists the opportunity to try to actually exhume her remains. So I walked into the middle of the cemetery, buried up to my knees in burdock, itchweed, thistles and cockleburra, and I asked for Mary Jane to Williger to come to me. I explained out loud that I wanted to write and research about her life and family. I spoke of wanting to dispel the myth of her death and the false accusations of witchcraft levelled against her. At that moment, I suddenly felt the presence of a spirit coming towards me across the cemetery. I saw a young girl floating through the undergrowth and getting closer, like one might associate with Japanese ghosts that are believed to travel on clouds. She was wearing a long white gown, and I initially thought it to be a Victorian wedding dress. But as she moved closer, I could see it looked more like a death shroud or a simple summer dress. She was holding a small bouquet of wild flowers in her hands. I assumed this would have been placed into her clasping hands as she was laid to rest. It was comprised of daisies and other prairie blooms. Her hair was long, straight and dark. It was parted in the middle and fell down past her shoulders to frame her pretty face. She had thick, full lips and the dark complexion of a hard-working, sun-kissed pioneer. If it wasn't for her quiet, serene appearance and slow approach, I would have been more concerned. I'm sure that any spooked teenager seeing her in this manifestation at night would have screamed and let the entire footpath back, no doubt then adding to the rhetorical tales and the canon of local legends when they next visited with their friends. I welcomed her presence and asked if her family came from the area. Yes, she replied. There we go. Excellent. That's my latest book, Mysterious Midwest, Unwrapping Urban Legends and Ghostly Tales from the Dead, available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble with a forward from David Ellison of Megadeth. This is our Halloween special. Michelle, you had a very early 
Halloween surprise, didn't you, this week? Yes, I did. Would you like to tell our listeners what yes, happened to I, you? I when couldn't you talk the... about it last week because I was still a little shell-shocked. Traumatized. Traumatized, definitely. So you left the studio, and then what happened to you? Well, I had to work at midnight, so I went into the bathroom at my house about 11.30, lifted up the lid on the toilet, and found a... Freaky surprise. A freaky surprise. <laughs> Your granddad had been in there earlier and dropped his guts. That is originally what I thought, but it was a dead squirrel. You found a dead squirrel. In my toilet. In your toilet Can't bowl. make it up. It is true. What was it doing? Backstroke. <sighs> how do you get, a? first of all, how do you get a dead squirrel in your toilet? How does that even happen? What did you eat? I don't remember Nuts. eating that. <laughs> I did just grabbed it, cleaned the bowl, oh, and then thrown it away. You could actually use that, oh, couldn't you? I, like a bristle brush. I I jumped, screamed, swore, and ran all at the same time when That's I. Impressive. Oh, it was awful. But no, I felt so bad for it. It. What we think happened is that it fell down through the sewer vent up on my roof. Evidently, it does happen. Not the, very often. The plumber said that's a possibility. A possibility. And just for our Rare, listeners, you, you don't live in a trailer and you don't live in a cave. I mean, you live in a normal townhouse here. Yeah, We're not talking... Yeah, I got rid of the van down by the river. Perfect. And I <laughs> bought into the establishment. You're yep. progressing up the yep. ladder. Yep. Fantastic. But mm -hmm. you're getting... It's very redneck, isn't it? Finding squirrels Oh, my God. In you could eat it. Well, that's oh. what people are telling me. I'm not eating anything that's been down a toilet bowl first. That's well, you, shocking. You, you, you skin you it. <laughs> skin it. <laughs> Even so, it's been marinated at that point. Oh. You're making a soup, aren't you? I, so did you get it out right away? Not right away, because I was so freaked out, and I had to be to work at midnight. You left it. I left it. <laughs> for someone else to deal with. Well, that was my original plan, but then no one would come and get it for me. So when I got home from work... I got out the kitchen tongs. And some rubber gloves. Yep. And a box. You pioneer woman, you. I am. And you fished it out. Yes. And you put it in the neighbor's driveway. You shoved it in their mailbox. What it's did you do with mailbox. it? It's in my mailbox. Fantastic. <laughs> if anyone sees a squirrel hanging out of a mailbox with the flag up, that is my house. That is where I live. That was your strange and bizarre encounter. This is a Halloween special. <laughs> we run into the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. A woman has claimed she was tortured and waterboarded during an extreme haunted house experience in the US. Amy Milligan said she remembers her face being continuously shoved under the water oh, despite what? her pleading with the actors at the attraction to stop because she couldn't breathe sounds like my squirrel <laughs> i thought he's gonna say that sounds like your skull how bad was your skull that's outrageous she never got her homework done. no luckily she didn't go very often <laughs> the attraction makami manor is located at a private home in san diego and it's thought to be one of the world's scariest and most extreme haunted houses do you think torture but <laughs> miss milligan said she was left traumatized by the experience after she was allegedly tortured and waterboarded she told the san diego union tribune that she remembers thinking i'm going to die here i'm going to drown my hair is wrapping around my neck and started to freak out. Oh, I'm telling them I can't breathe. They just kept laughing and doing it more. Miss Milligan said she also left the manor full of bruises and covered in cockroach oh. bites. Oh. Confusingly, what? 
She later gave the experience a positive review in her exit interview. Oh, for crying And out said loud. she did not feel like she had been tortured. Litigation, anyone? But Miss Milligan has now claimed she only did this so the company would produce a video of her tour, which she intended to use as evidence. The video shows Aww. Amy being blindfolded and bundled into a van before she is later seen tied up in an empty freezer chest as water is squeezed over her face. Oh, God. This is entertainment, apparently. But she believes the worst parts of the experience have been edited out of the video. She now claims to be physically and emotionally scarred by the experience. Did she pay for it? Apparently, it's a haunted house experience, a private one in San Diego. Wow. Founder Russ McCammy told the San Diego Union Tribune, we do not waterboard. We do not even kind of waterboard. What is kind of like waterboarding, but not waterboarding? Kind of like being pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilariously funny. It's like the log ride at Disneyland. I wonder if she went to SeaWorld by mistake and just got confused where she was. Oh. Well. At the very end, the runner, the guy who founded and runs this particular haunted house experience said it's psychological what we're doing. They're safe all the time. Well, I know that's not true because it's in San Diego. Oh. If people wish to see the video of the woman having the worst haunted house Halloween experience of anyone in the US, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee, where all of tonight's stories will be there for you. I shall give myself two points for being informative yes. and having a hint of horror. Miss Morris, what have you got for me first in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Does this Harry Potter train picture show the ghost of a little girl? Ooh, Harry Potter. Hello, Ooh. Potters. That's not real, though. You realize that. Why? The Harry Potter train. It's fictional. What? So I'd share that with Why you. Why do you have to be that way? He always squishes dreams. Easter Bunny's oh. not true either. <gasps> Too fairy bunk. Bunk tosh. Oh. Giddy limit. Don't you dare say Don't. anything about Santa Claus. Don't do mm -hmm. it, Mr. This creepy picture taken on a train used in the Harry Potter movie seems to show a ghostly girl standing in the carriage. The snap was taken by Mickey Vermooch during a 1940s theme party last weekend, and there were no children on board at a the 1940s time. theme party. Yes. Is this where you're on rations, don't get any food, you're skinny, your house is being bombed, and the Germans are currently shooting at you kind of experience? I think And so. you're going to Hogwarts. And we're going to Hogwarts. Excellent. All the fun of the fair. Everything you'd yeah. ever want. Mm -hmm. The 63-year-old who took the photo on his phone didn't see anything at the time and was shocked when he looked back at the photos. Mickey said, I got me mobile phone out and took it. Don't, don't, don't. There's people driving. There's people listening to this and driving. You're causing accidents all over the world. There's people in France giving birth. Stop. For the sake of humanity. Some do poor guy is just ended up in it. a ditch. The car's on its back. There's oil spewing out. The wheels are spinning around. There's steam coming up. No one's going to find him till the morning. It's dark. At least he can listen to the archives. Fair enough. <laughs> if you are lying in a ditch somewhere in San Diego with the wheels still spinning and steam coming up and you've got your seatbelt on and you're trapped, you can listen to our archives. If you visit SoundCloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, someone will be by in the morning. Then the train stopped. Oh. And we go 
I'm going to have to get me some of that beer can. Wind your body down. Jamaican, is he? Irie. Oh. I was looking through the pictures when I suddenly saw the photo was this girl. I can't even place that. Um, every, it's like a ransom note where every word's it. different. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> there had been no children. No children. No children. In that carriage at all. Oh, Carolina. <laughs> in fact, I didn't see any children on the train. <laughs> Mr. Bond. <laughs> I've been expecting you, Mr. Bond. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. One of them German Jamaicans you read so much about. Mickey, who is a paranormal investigator, told the Daily Star. Who is Jamaican German. (laughs) Jamaican German Mickey. He showed the spooky snap to the train staff. He said, they'd never seen anything like it before. They were shocked. I found an official photographer and said, what about this? Where was he? This is in Britain, isn't it? This is Britain. (laughs) I feel like I've been taken to another land. I feel like I've run a marathon. I'm worn out. I'm sweating here. He was flabbergasted. I'm sure he was. His ghast had been flabbered. He said the light was like a hologram. He couldn't explain the picture. <laughs> a small amount of weeds come out. Me too. A large amount. A large amount of weeds come out. I wasn't going to commit to that on air, but if you want to go there, sorry. It captures the spirit beautifully. <laughs> we are all in shock and delight. I'm in shock and awe. Uh, I need to pants. <laughs> To capture a spirit like this is phenomenal. I'm One chocolate meringue. Ha! Ha! I'm over the moon. <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> is this how it's going to be today? Is this how it's going to be? I need a cup of tea and a lie down. Oh, this is how we're going to roll. If people want to write in and have a guess at where she's coming from with that accent, we'll have to give some prizes away. Oh, that would be awesome. Just get the continent, I'll be happy. The incontinent, apparently. (laughs) I shall give you points for the life of me. I don't know why or for what. But they will be taken away again at some point in the near future. This is the spine-chilling moment a suspected poltergeist started flinging books and leaflets off bookshelves in front of spooked museum staff, like something out of a Ghostbusters film. The spooky security footage shows David Wills and his colleague stood in the shop in Torquay, Devon, chatting to each other when chaos unexpectedly breaks out from the other side. When he first sees that some leaflets have dropped from the shelf, he rushes over to pick them up. Then suddenly, without warning, another pile of leaflets flies off the shelf right in front of Mr. Willis's eyes. The museum researcher looks stunned in the footage and can be seen pointing at the shelf where the leaflets flew from. The pair leave the pile where it is sat and both scarper from the museum shop as fast as they can. Scarp is a very great word, very underused. I think if anyone can get the word scarper again into tonight's show, I will, in fact, give them points. This is not the first spine-tingling incident to have happened at the museum in recent years, though. 
It reports that a photograph of a candlelit female ghost was snapped during a ghost hunting evening at the museum in May last year. It added that staff claimed nobody else was in the room when the terrifying image was shot. The Torquay Museum in Devon, founded in 1844, features artefacts collected from around the world by explorers from the town. This includes the mummified remains of a young boy from ancient Egypt, aged around four years old. Mm. I guess we should be pleased that a ufologist has not taken a picture of it and claimed it was an alien and then charged people to use it and see it. If you wish to see... The poltergeist activity in the gift shop of the museum as books fly off the shelf, just like in Ghostbusters. You can go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings in our Halloween special? A family from Preston have revealed how they've spent over $35,000 decorating their home to scare and intrigue people. Sweet. Yep. Thirty-five thousand dollars in halloween decorations that's more than their house i wonder how much i bet at least two or three thousand dollars of that gets stolen every year i I bet bet people would go park Mm. this is preston in the north of england i wonder how much they've lost can you get insured for that could you get insured for christmas decorations halloween decorations there was a story we read out last year about someone who had their halloween decorations stolen and it was someone in the same town so the police drove around and saw them in someone else's oh, yard that's right. and then arrested yeah. them. Yeah, that's true. So my advice is if you steal Halloween decorations, make sure it's not in your own town. <laughs> Good advice. It is. I think that's invaluable. Yeah. Yes. You better put that stuff back, Michelle. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> the Waltons have splashed out on film quality costumes and pneumatic props to make their house into a zombie apocalypse. When was the last time you splashed out on pneumatic props? Last week. Yeah, yeah, I thought well, I'd do it every week. <laughs> Dad, Chris said, we just used to decorate the house, and every year we do a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. Daughter Frankie couldn't pick a favorite scary feature of the ghoulish domain, stating that every attraction they've included is extremely scary. Speaking on this morning, she said, it's really hard to choose. There's so many good pieces. We have a very special Victorian graveyard that was made by my grandparents. All the creepy graves and creepy leaves. Using their grandparents' bodies? That'd be awesome. They've made creepy leaves. Can you imagine saying in your will, I want to be used for Halloween props? You say that, but a guy died last year in a haunted house experience Uh and he was left lying there for two weeks because people thought it was a prop and they were prodding him and pushing him and it stank the place out and they thought it was actually a prop and the little girl touched it and the goo came off on her hand Mm -hmm. yeah his arm fell off when he got when he got prodded and they suddenly realized this guy had been missing for two weeks and they put two and two together Mm -hmm. they said they normally sign you in and sign you out but he'd been forgotten about apparently yeah that is crappy luck it's unlucky isn't it Mm. i I think the smell going into there and thinking god this smells terrible it smells smells like a crypt authentic (laughs) it's authentic god i can almost taste it it's sticking (laughs) to the roof of my mouth like a cheesecake it's really kind of oh yeah more like peanut butter yeah i can you're getting all the bass notes there perfect lots of the families come around and have a look at the house it's really nice Halloween can be a great fun time for family, and those who don't get involved can't ignore that. 
The Waltons don't make any cash from the extravaganza, but earlier in the year they spoke about how they do donate any cash they get to charity. Dad Chris said, people can come in for free, but we do ask for donations, and our chosen charity this year is cancer research. Aww. Yep. This year is the first time we're using pneumatic props rather than electric ones, so we can control the speed and ferocity. It doesn't mm. cost you any money on your electric bill as well. I often go past these houses that are lit up on Christmas or lit up over Halloween, and I think their electricity I'm bill... usually lit up during Halloween. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Christmas. Yes. Yeah. And New Year's. Valentine's <laughs> Day, yeah. Easter, yeah. summer I love, solstice. I love, I love my Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought on the Halloween special we'd have been singing Neil Sedaka? Who saw that coming? Strangely, it tends to be the clowns that scare people most of all. I'm sure. Mm. With Especially their long now. Feet, yes, with their scary long feet and baggy pockets. That's bubble, you, isn't it? Bubble-permed hair. That's I haven't you, got, isn't it? I haven't got bubble-permed. Let me take my shirt off. I'll show you <laughs> bubble-permed hair. On your back. Oh, my. <laughs> well, it gives you something to hang on to, doesn't it? Yeah. I shall give you points for being fun. And informative, I have one last story in the round of ghosts and hauntings. Terrified ghost hunters claim to have caught on camera the moment a dark spirit tried to intimidate them into not returning to one of the UK's most haunted houses by moving a creepy doll. Paranormal investigators Lee Roberts and Paul Stevenson were doing a practice live broadcast from the notorious poltergeist hotspot ahead of their scheduled Halloween visit. But while filming themselves creep around the infamous 30 East Drive in Pontefract, West Yorkshire, they claim a doll in one of the bedrooms was used by a poltergeist or demonic force to scare them. The terrifying footage shows porcelain doll Victoria in her box, complete with a warning. However, when they return, moments later the doll has moved and the lid is completely off and has been bent out of shape, leaving the pair then checking the house for an intruder in panic. The house was the site of one of Britain's most notorious alleged hauntings when the Pritchard family was subject to years of torment by the so-called Black Monk of Pontefract. We've had him before. Yes. Yeah, He's been on many, on many him. shows. Uh -huh. Lee39 believes the Black Monk is a dark spirit, possibly demonic, who used Victoria to scare the ghost hunting duo into not returning on Halloween. How you can be demonic and a monk at the same time when a monk is a man of God is a mystery to me. We were only testing the signal, really, but things just started to happen, so we kept rolling. We're going back on the 50th anniversary of when things first started happening to the Pritchard family in that house. So even if nothing happens, it's still nice to mark this event. The doll Victoria was apparently found in the attic of the house, but no one knows where she came from or who she belonged to. The box actually has a warning on it saying that if you wish to look at Victoria, you should not take her out of the box and always cover her back up. I'm sure it's there for effect, but it's quite unsettling to read that in the dark as your mind starts playing tricks on you. The footage shows the duo come into the bedroom and film the position the Victoria is laying in, with the lid to the box covering her face. After leaving the room, Lee claims they both saw the shape of a figure move across the hallway with wavy black hair, just like the doll, followed by a loud bang. So they went back into the room to investigate. So this is a monk 
that looks like Brian May of Queen, apparently. <laughs> not, not the normal hairstyle associated with a monk. If you wish to see Friar Tuck with a bubble perm, you can visit our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. We go into the round. That is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's Green Men. And hairy beasties. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? One of Britain's creepiest looking dogs with Dracula fangs is searching for a new home this Halloween. What? Creepy looking dog. With Dracula fangs. fangs. Let's get it. I know. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. What color is this dog? It's gray. Gray. Yeah. Okay. I just thought I'd. Mm. If I'm going to get a dog, I'm going to want to know what color it is. It's gray. An adorable dog sporting huge fangs is looking for a new home this October just in time for Halloween. Milo is a seven-year-old Lasha Apsa with a quite unusual look. He has two large fangs growing out of his bottom jaw, but far from being scary, the lovable hound is described as a gentle character. Aww. So it's like Spike from Tom and Jerry. Kind two of, big yeah. fangs yeah, coming and up. They're huge. <laughs> they underbite. are huge. Okay. The dog has been the talk of the Dogs Trust Rehoming Center in Bridgend, South Wales. You've got it, Bridgend in South Wales. All right. Since his arrival last week, especially since coming in during the month of Halloween. Center manager Angela Weatherall said Milo is a friendly chap who gets on well with other dogs, walks well on his lead, and loves an afternoon nap. She told the Daily Record, We are amazed by how much Milo's teeth resemble vampire fangs. They have certainly become a topic of conversation with staff and visitors. He may bear an uncanny resemblance to Count Dracula, but he is no bloodhound. Milo is missing his home comforts and is looking for a fairly quiet home. He could live with other animals or children over the age of 14 who will give him time on his own when he needs it. And to find out more about Milo and giving him a new home, visit dogstrust.org.uk. Only you could bring me a story about a Welsh vampire dog. Yay! And you're going to post a picture of him, are you? Points. Points. You want points. That's all you're worried about, isn't it? At least two. I shall give you He's the got two. Fangs. You're yeah. looking for two. you have now on a resplendent four. I wonder if he's ever gone for a walk in Rendlesham Forest. What do you think? Is his owners taking him for a walk? Dog walkers have reported their beloved pets becoming ill after being walked in Rendlesham Forest, Suffolk, the scene of the mysterious mass UFO hotspot in 1980, where flying saucers are still reportedly seen. This is our Roswell. Rendlesham Forest in 1980 is our Mm -hmm. Roswell. U.S. military personnel based at RAF Woodbridge next to the forest reported a series of unexplained lights and even a UFO landing in the forest over the Christmas period. Bizarre UFOs were also seen by residents of the village and the unexplained case remains one of the UK's most perplexing with the forest regularly visited by alien hunters. It's not the first time the UFO mystery at Rendlesham has been linked to unexplained sickness. The servicemen who saw the craft land have since received a payout after being affected by radiation. That's interesting that the American government says nothing landed but then paid all the servicemen that went out to investigate because they had radiation poisoning. That's right. Now there have reportedly been numerous cases of dogs getting sick after being walked along what is now known as the UFO Trail. 
Caroline Peters from Felstead in Essex is the latest to report her two dogs becoming ill after the visit. She says they got so sick they almost died. She said we were there for about an hour and a half in the forest. Both dogs stayed in the vets overnight though in intensive care but are now recovering. Health problems and lots of other weird incidents have certainly been associated with Rendlesham. She has been told it was probably seasonal canine illness. Itself a mystery sickness which affects dogs from August to November. I've never heard of that. No. Has anyone heard of seasonal canine illness? No. No. You need to get a dog, put it in front of a UV light. It's a seasonal adjusted disorder. They get sad and depressed because the sun's gone in. They're dog tired. Nigel Watson, (laughs) author of the UFO investigations manual, thinks that I felt like I was a record player then. (laughs) Nigel Watson, author of the UFO investigations manual, thinks that you're draining my spirit with your jokes. (laughs) (laughs) thinks there may be more to it he said even today ufologists squabble over what really happened at rendlesham forest in late december 1980 did an alien spaceship land here were the u.s airmen who saw the ufo fooled by the light from a nearby lighthouse was it a smokescreen to hide a nuclear incident or some other type of covert operation or was it a hoax health problems and lots of other weird incidents have certainly been associated with rendlesham over the years again if you wish to read more about that particular story you need to go to our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee michelle what have you got for me tonight in the round of ufos and vampire dogs (laughs) Bizarre footage appears to show the moment conspiracy theorists believe a UFO plunges into the ocean before splitting in two. That was a UFO Uh, falling into the ocean. Is that what you want to call it? Perfect. (laughs) Recorded that this morning, did you? Oh, no, that was more... (laughs) That was three. Three UFOs. You need more fiber. Falling. Into the ocean. That's going to be a danger to shipping if that's floating around out there in Lake Superior, I tell you. The clip was allegedly recorded in Puerto Rico on April 25th, 2013, but the footage has only been recently released by the Department of Homeland Security by a whistleblower. Can you do a Puerto Rican accent? Brilliant. I want to live in America. (laughs) You are. Hurrah. Everyone's happy. In the video, the strange metallic sphere hurtles through the sky before dropping down and plunging into the ocean. When it reemerges, it appears to have split in two. The object was being monitored by U.S. Customs and Border Protection, according to headlines and global news. Nick Pope, a UFO expert, said, Assuming the video isn't a clever hoax, which is always a possibility these days, it's a fascinating piece of footage. About the only conventional explanation that might fit the bill is that this is some new drone, but the entry and apparent splitting in two of the object makes this explanation seem unlikely. It is believed that the object was traveling around 40 miles per hour and 120 miles per hour before disappearing under the ocean for approximately a half a mile. A spokesman for the Scientific Coalition of Ufology said there is no explanation for an object of traveling underwater at over 90 miles per hour with minimal impact as it enters the water, through the air, 
at 120 miles per hour at low altitude through a residential area without navigational lights and finally to be capable of splitting into two separate objects. It's breaking a lot of laws there, isn't it? It It's getting flagged for points on its license. (laughs) Wow. So we've got the residential area, low. that's three points. Flying low, three points. No navigational lights, that's another three points. Making a large sound between the hours of darkness. That's another three points. Going in the water and you've got no license for that. Splitting in two. Yep, we'll put that down as well. You're going to spend a long time in prison, Sunshine. Yeah. The interesting thing, you said at the beginning, this video was filmed by the Customs and Border Protection Agency. Mm-hmm. So this isn't some guy no. who's climbed out of a trailer and a UFO's come down in the middle of a forest. These are government officials recording this. So again, it's very interesting that these are being verified by government officials as we're reading these tonight, all these different stories. Mm-hmm. I have one last story in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. A piece of aluminium or aluminum, depending aluminum, on aluminum. 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 No, 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 no. That looks as if it was handmade is being hailed as 250,000-year-old proof that aliens once visited Earth. Metallic Aluminum was not really produced by mankind until around 200 years ago. So the discovery of the large chunk that could be up to 250,000 years old is being held as a sensational find. The details of the discovery were never made public at the time because it was pulled out of the earth in communist Romania in 1973. Builders working on the shores of the Mures River found three objects 33 feet under the ground. They appeared to be unusual and very old, and archaeologists were brought in who immediately identified two of them as being fossils. The third looked to be a piece of man-made metal, although very light, and it was suspected it might be the end of an axe. All three were sent together with the others for further analysis to the main city of the Romanian region of Transylvania. According to tests, the object is made of 12 different metals, 90% aluminum, and it was dated by Romanian officials as being 250,000 years old. The initial results were later confirmed by a lab in Lucerne in Switzerland. What puzzles experts is that the piece of metal has concavities that make it look as if it was manufactured as part of a more complex mechanical system. Now a heated debate is going on that the object is actually part of a UFO and proof of visitation by alien civilizations in the past. Local historian Mihai Wittenberger has tried to claim that the object is actually a piece of metal from a World War II German aircraft. However, this does not explain the age of the artifact. I thought you could only carbon date something that was once alive. So the two fossils they found with this piece of metal, they analysed. They realised that the fossils were fifty to 80,000 years old and they belonged to an extinct dinosaur. They recognised the species and they've actually found what they belong to. Because bone, hair, wood, textiles, things that are living are carbon-based life forms. I didn't think, and I'm happy to stand corrected because I'm not an expert on metallurgical things. Is that a right word? Sure. Metology. I didn't think you could carbon date metal. Because it had to be living at some point. Do you see where we are? That I thought makes it, sense to I thought me. if you're carbon dating, it has to be a carbon-based life form, doesn't it? Sure. Whether that be a tree, an insect, a human, or a dinosaur. 
If you wish to see the landing gear covers to a German Heinkel 111, you can go to our Facebook <laughs> site. How does it get 33 feet under the ground? That must have been some crash, mustn't it, when that sure. came down? Quite remarkable. We move into the round that is strange and bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre not to read out live on air. But don't fit easily into any other category like finding a squirrel wedged in your toilet bowl oh, when you go home from the studio. Thing. Heather, what have you got for me in the round of S&B? Well, I have grandmothers may have a funky smell. And sure, they can be pretty <laughs> annoying sometimes. Grandmothers may have a funky smell. Yeah. Funky. And they can <laughs> be... Pear drops, mothballs and wee-wee is where we're going with that, yeah. isn't it? Worthers. Oh, and what it, Murray mints. Murray mints. <laughs> wow, you, you smell wonderful. What's that smell? Murray mints. <laughs> I'm thinking of Little Britain it and is. the grandma. There you go. <laughs> I've not seen you around. Where do you hang out? At the community centre. I must get down there. <laughs> but I've I, lost Michelle. She's gone. There'll be a snort in a minute and everyone will have a drink. <laughs> but I think it's safe to say that nobody really fears... Your granny. No. Old... Unless she's giving you a big bristly kiss. Yes. That's true. <laughs> With lots of moustache and... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That would be mean. And teeth or gums, whichever. <laughs> Old women are typically seen as being completely harmless. <laughs> well, you say that, but look at Hillary Clinton. Oh, though 68-year-old Tamara Samsonova may forever change the way you view them. Tamara Samsonova. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to make a song about her. Oh, good. <laughs> As reported by the UK's Daily Star, the Russian grandmother was arrested this week for the murder of her 79-year-old friend. Caught thanks to CCTV footage that showed her hauling the elderly woman's <gasps> body parts around in a plastic bag. Sounds like a film by the Cullen oh. brothers. She's yes. got an old woman dragging yes. another woman's body parts on some security cameras. Yes, and at a nearby pond, the rest of the woman's corpse <gasps> was soon located. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. Oh, But that's only the beginning of oh. the story. As a police raid of Samsonova's flat uncovered a series of no. diaries detailing upwards of 14 other murders. Oh, and a serial killer grandma. Yes. 14. 14. 14. And the woman already dubbed Granable Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. By the media. Cool. There we go. Everyone have a drink. It was going to happen sooner or later. Cheers. Well, Salute. Prost. Well, skull. She didn't just kill her victims. She chopped them into pieces and even consumed <gasps> them. Oh, she nice. went Jeffrey Dahmer on she them. She did. I the- bet she had to come up in small pieces, though, because she's got false teeth. That's true. She couldn't yes. chew. Yeah. Or, or she cooked them for a long time Boil on them low. In a big borscht. Yeah, or crock pot. Crock pot. That's what <laughs> you want. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> the horrifying diaries recount the brutal murders of a man whose remains were found over a decade ago, and even Samsonova's own husband, who went missing back in 2005. At that time, nobody suspected the then 58-year-old woman was to blame for his disappearance. I killed my tenant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, Lydia. Value papers. Well, Lydia. I cut them into pieces into- in the bathroom with a knife. 
Samsonova is chilling. The way she goes between one, one and the other is so professional. <laughs> it's incredible. It. I love it. I'll tell you what we're going to do next week. What? I'm going to write down <laughs> random countries on pieces of paper. We're going to put them in a hat. And as you're reading the story out, I'm just going to hold them up. And whatever comes out of the pot, you have to be doing. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. We'll make that happen. You need to listen to next week's show, everybody, just specifically for that golden moment. Oh, excellent. Well... I put the pieces of his body in plastic bags and then I threw them away. Oh, there we go. Everyone have another shot. Oh, and another one. We're going to be drunk by the end of the night. The so-called Granable Lecter. Granable Lecter. People have died. 14 people are dead. Has already pled guilty to her crimes, insisting that she knew this day was coming. And that she intended to be caught. She says the recent murder of her friend was the closing of the cannibalistic chapter of her life. She wants to be punished to the full extent of the law. You decide, Your Honor. <laughs> Samsonova told the judge. It was Israeli, wasn't it? I am guilty. That's and Jewish. I deserve punishment. Oh, if I, that'd be one of them Russian Jews. <laughs> The end. The end. <laughs> Granable lecture. Wow. Look at that. You've left some of the meat on that knee replacement. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Chappers. Bizarre footage of a dragon flying over mountain ranges in China has got conspiracy theorists in a spin. Overexcited YouTubers compared the mythical beast to tsunamis and black holes as they set out to prove the clip showed a real-life fire-breathing creature. The majestic animal is apparently flying above China, which is considered the ancient kingdom of the mythical dragon, near the border with Laos. The theories behind what the footage show ranges from it being a real dragon or maybe a flying dinosaur. Despite people pointing out the footage has been created using computer graphics, others remained adamant that it wasn't fake. The footage has been viewed more than 100,000 times since it was uploaded to YouTube. Writing on the video, it asked viewers dragon or pterodactyl. Or kite, or remote-controlled <laughs> aeroplane. Or drone. You can get remote-controlled pterodactyls that fly. I've actually seen them. They are possible I to get. I just like to say pterodactyl. It's a great, isn't it? Yeah. Pterodactyl. 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 Pterodactyl or pterosaurs are flying reptiles which have been extinct for 66 million years. But some were not convinced as one user wrote, Come on, guys. The frames to the background don't even match up. The uploader knows that this is fake but it makes good viewing. And Dank wrote, this looks fake as the background is blurry and the dragon is pretty clear. Isn't that how lenses work? Pretty much. If you wish to see the Chinese dragon, which I thought was a Chinese buffy in Mankato in Minnesota, <laughs> you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. Michelle, you have the last story of the evening in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre. The mystery behind the Bermuda Triangle may have finally been cracked. Ooh. Yep. The 500,000 kilometer square stretch in the North Atlantic Ocean has been blamed for the disappearance of at least 75 planes and hundreds of ships over the centuries. But scientists claim the truth behind the deadly triangle is all down to hexagonal clouds that create terrifying 170 mile per hour wind air bombs. 
Hmm. I've got hmm. some air bombs you can have, oh. and they oh, will no. be terrifying. No, 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 pass. No. It is believed these deadly blasts of air can flip over ships. I can believe that. Mm-hmm. And bring planes crashing into the ocean. Researchers also noticed that massive clouds were appearing over the western tip of Bermuda Island, ranging from 20 to 55 miles across. Dr. Steve Miller, satellite meteorologist at Colorado State University. Steve Miller's doing well. Yeah. Now he's got himself a PhD. He joined up with Dr. Hook. Fantastic. Everyone's (laughs) getting a go, aren't they? Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle of you two. Unbelievable. <laughs> Lucky. Yeah. Well, Dr. Miller told Science Channel's What on Earth, you don't typically see straight edges with clouds. Most of the time, clouds are random in their distribution. Using radar satellites to measure what is happening beneath the clouds, they found that sea level winds were reaching around 170 miles per hour. These winds are powerful enough to generate waves of more than 45 feet high as air bombs are forced to come crashing down towards the ocean. Meteorologist Randy Severny added these types of hexagonal shapes over the ocean are in essence air bombs. They are formed by what are called microbursts and they're blasts of air that come down out of the bottom of a cloud, then hit the ocean, then create waves that can sometimes be massive in size as they as they start to interact with each other. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. The final round that we can't read out live on air is not for your mother. This means you are now listening to us on our archives. Well done you for being tech savvy and knowing your way around the social and internet media. This round, if you have a mother in the room that is of a nervous disposition, she needs to be removed. If there's young minors running around playing with their toys, now would be a good time to send them off to bed with a cookie and a glass of milk. There is nothing wrong with buying condoms. However, it undeniably takes a particular ballsy person not to shuffle up to the till. A ballsy person. (laughs) How are you putting them on if that's involved? You need a smaller size, madam, I would suggest. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) It's gone blue. I can't feel it. Just saying. It takes a particularly ballsy person to not shuffle up to the till, eyes downcast and with a basket full of other items they don't need, to hide the fact the condoms were the only item they wanted in the first place. It's not just in our nature to proudly thrust them at the cashier to scan (laughs) them with a... With a wry, lucky old me, huh? Well, it depends what size you're getting, I'm guessing. <laughs> so if you've recently been perusing the prophylactics... Wasn't that a flying dinosaur? We just discussed prophylactics. Wow. But <laughs> Selection in the cooperative food store in Warden Hill, Cheltenham. Then you could be forgiven for being unnerved by the lengths the staff are happy to go to. I know, I got it too. Yep. On the condoms, there's a sign that's been written in this shop in Cheltenham. Handwritten. Handwritten. <laughs> it says, need a hand. Oh, no. Question mark. <laughs> Great customer service is one thing, but maybe want- this is dancing a really fine line. Ah, oh, good times. A photo of the cheeky sign was tweeted, and it's raised some valid questions. What exactly wow. does the customer need a hand with? The choosing or something a bit more practical? Do you have what's, to get measured? What's also... <laughs> yes, they come in small, medium, and liar. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is there a fitting room? There is. No, seriously, if you're a man, they give you a board. And this board has lots of different holes in them at different sizes. And you take the no! board into the fitting room. No, and you do. And you find out what size you need. Oh, that's crap. It's true. Although I did come out 20 minutes later covered in sweat bright red and said, don't worry about the condoms. I'll keep the board. Oh, oh poor What board. is also unclear is it's the, the board was consenting. <laughs> What is also unclear is if the sign was moved by a mischievous customer or by a member of staff with a sense of humour. We like to think it was a member of staff. We also like to think that no one took them up on the offer. So if you have a sign that says need a hand with a question mark, where's the worst places in the grocery store that could be put? If that was put over like all the preparation H stuff. That would be sh- that's more like I need a finger rather than I need a hand. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, where would be the worst places in the supermarket where you could then have a sign that says need a hand with a big large question mark? The sausage counter? The sausage. Summer sausage. <laughs> need a hand with your summer sausage, madam? Let me help you with that. The incontinence me- pants. Need a hand. <laughs> oh look, my fingers have gone all pruney. That's terrible. If anyone has any suggestions, (laughs) please write on our Facebook site for where in the grocery store the best place to have a sign that says, need a hand, would best be placed. And I would like to see what you come up with. You're a very creative group of listeners. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? This is from Dubai. A man in Kuwait almost ended up going to jail after the family parrot accidentally exposed his alleged affair with the housemaid (laughs) as it mimicked flirtatious exchanges of words between them in front of his wife. Why, that's a smashing smashing blouse you're wearing. (laughs) Have you done something new with your hair? With your eyes. (laughs) Terrible. The alleged affair came to light after the parrot started to repeat flirty phrases in oh. front of his wife. So the wife, the wife's had some man round. No, the-, the husband was having an affair with the housemaid, oh. but the parrot, the wife heard, heard them. the parrot was listening and is repeating all the phrases. Yes. Don't stop! Don't stop! <laughs> we'll try again in five minutes. <laughs> I need a cigarette. <laughs> that looks swollen. <laughs> My eyes! Oh no, the eyes! No, not the eyes! Oh wait, the angry pirate with the parrot? Oh, don't even go there. I know this is the round not for your mother, but we can still be removed from the internet. That's shocking. The worst things for a parrot to say. Your chest feels just like your mother's. (laughs) Terrible. I'm going to kill that parrot. (laughs) <laughs> the wife then lodged a complaint with officers at Holloway Police Station in Kuwait and accused the husband of cheating, noting she had been suspecting the man for a while. You can get executed for that in Saudi Arabian oh, countries. Yeah. Yes, you can. I just like the idea that the parrot is now the evidence. <laughs> so he's paying people to kill the parrot. The parrot's <sighs> under protection. He's got a police guard. It's going to be in the dock being grilled by the attorney. Like a stool pigeon. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. I see what you've done. There's points to be had there, yeah. She said the husband was surprised when he saw her returning from the office ahead of time and became nervous. However, the prosecution officer said the case could not be regarded as a crime on the basis of the credible evidence 
of a parrot mimicking phrases. Yes, I don't think by law you could have a parrot in a court of law. <laughs> they can't be sworn in. No, Which could not be. be admitted in court. <laughs> Place <laughs> your talent on the Bible and repeat yeah. after me. That's, no, what do they have? They swear on a Bible, don't they? Oh, the Quran. Yes, it's the Quran, of course. Sorry, yes. yes. As it could not be proved that the bird had not heard the intimate conversation on TV or the radio. Adultery is illegal in the Gulf state, wow. carrying a potential prison sentence or even hard labor. Just like being married, Danny, in many respects. <laughs> That's a fabulous, wow. fabulous story. You're Heather, welcome. the final story of the entire evening, even... Oh, I can't wait. You can't wait. Nope. Even on our platforms. This is the last story, the last one of the night. Are you ready? I'm sat here moist in anticipation. <laughs> Great. Why any man thinks it's okay to send a woman a random photo of their genitals is still one of the most perplexing questions of modern times. And yet, they still come. <laughs> yeah, I know. Surely, surely in the animal world... You know, monkeys do not send pictures of their penises. If they had phones, they would. I think they would. I think they, they sit there. Would. They sit there on the branch with everything on display. I mean, baboons have red bottoms to attract the male. I mean, you're looking to get female and male interaction by displaying. Uh, there you go. I mean, birds do dances with all their feathers out like peacocks. It's exactly the same thing, isn't it? You said peacocks. Give <laughs> <laughs> some butthead. <laughs> I need to kick your ass, penis. Give me some nachos. <laughs> Women suffer. <laughs> Give me tippy for my bamolio. Women suffer a perpetual barrage. It seems an unrelenting stream of penises. Michelle's never complained. <laughs> I'm sat here now with my phone out, sending her a couple. I don't know that I've ever suffered every, every, a barrage. Don't say that. Do not say that on air. You're getting undated. <laughs> Yeah. Every wrinkle's an inch, Michelle, Hold when I on. send this. Hang on. Let me say that oh, again. God. I don't think I've ever suffered a barrage. <laughs> Never a barrage. <laughs> barrage. Michelle has, though. No. When she was at school, she suffered a barrage. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. So what can they do to stop the barrage? Tell me. Sarah Louise Jordan decided to write an amusing, ironically formal letter when she discovered an unsolicited image in her picture messages. I found a surprising picture in my messages, wrote the 28-year-old on Facebook, so I did the only English thing there was to do. Sit uh, in a corner and cry and don't discuss it with anyone. <laughs> no, she wrote him a letter, and the letter reads... I'm going to sit right down. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that wasn't discussing. When Nat King Cole was penning that, I'm sure the first thing he was thinking was, in 60 years' time, this is going to be put in the same context as someone sending someone else a photograph of their willy. Sorry, well, Nat. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Well, here is the letter. Are you ready? Lay it on me, Mama. Dear Sir, thank you for the unexpected and unsolicited submission of your penis portrait for our consideration. It looks angry. It's angry. It needs to cheer up. We regret to inform you that it has failed to pass our most basic standards of quality control at this time. I told you it looked angry. However... For a nominal fee, we can offer you a report that will help you change that. The A4 report provided via postal service will include yes. a personalized booklet that covers the following. Why genitals are not an acceptable conversation opener. A step-by-step -step say guide that, to but saying there's hello. Been many, a, <laughs> no. many a time I've sidled up to a woman in Walmart. <laughs> in the chocolate aisle. <laughs> 
and whispered delicately into the small shell-like lobe of a middle-aged woman an opening statement that involves genitalia. Want to see my raisins? Is it that breaks it? <laughs> Here we go. 190 countries, 100,000 listeners. Want to see my banana split? Oh, wow. Oh. I see the where we are. peas and carrots. Raisins. <laughs> raisins. raisins. <laughs> Shriveled grapes. Aww. Warmed in the Californian sunshine. That's right. I see Aren't you happy? Once I get the picture, I'll let you know. Fantastic. <laughs> you want the grapes as well, do you? I only sent the summer sausage. I didn't realize you wanted the whole shebang. Well, um, it goes on to state another pamphlet that she'll send, which is how to appear as though you weren't raised by wolves. <laughs> Also included is better ways to deal with your sexual frustration and how to dress your penis for social media. A rough guide to pants. Oh, a cute. rough guide. You don't want rough pants. You don't? No, that would be terrible. You'd be walking with a lisp. There's more. How about penis reading? A new form of palmistry that may oh help you unlock the key to your future. Hang on, Michelle. Hold your hand out. You're going to meet a no. tall, dark stranger. I can no. see you being lucky with money. Need a hand? You're going to need. You're going to need. You're going to be traveling. I can see travel on your horizon. Oh, we will also answer questions you might have, such as, "Do I have too much time on my hands?" Why did my penis fail basic standards of quality control? Note. The number one reason for this occurring is that it is attached to a bigger penis than itself. <laughs> she's she's hoping the person she's sending this to can actually read. Yeah. That's true. That's going to be terrible. Finally, as a gesture of goodwill, we intend to offer two free samples with all of your future penis portrait submissions, which include an inventive critique of your pride and joy and a surprise consultation with your closest available family member about your portfolio. Nice. When she says it's going to be described, is it like, I thought Kojak had dived into the swimming pool, cracked his head on the bottom and then come up again? Yes. Okay, that's the kind of description. Yes. Kojak cracked his head in the swimming pool. Oh. No. Yeah, got it. All right. I'm just wondering what a descriptive description would be. Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim. Yes, little earthworm Jim. Small earthworm Jim. Yes. Okay, I feel bad for the guy. Button mushroom. <laughs> button mushroom. Button mushroom. <laughs> this should be categories. <laughs> Start off at button mushroom, work your way past earthworm Jim. Tick boxes, all the way up to full summer sausage. Yeah. We trust this exciting offer is acceptable. Accessible. 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 We trust this exciting <laughs> offer is accessible. <laughs> this used to be such a good show. We did all the parodies, another one. Have a drink. There's, we used to do this, the serious. There's another one. That's six shots tonight. There are people where you can't breathe. Oh, God. So Make exciting. it a seventh. We've never had so many snorts in one show. And look forward to working with you. It's Daffy in Duck. In the near future. Daffy Duck. You can't breathe. You're Quick. Michelle's lying on the floor. Get some oxygen. Read out the penis story in the style of Daffy Duck. Sure, we speak for both. 
grew popular and was soon shared by more than a thousand people. That's just having a stroke. Suffering thick attack. That's Sylvester. It's Tweety and Sylvester. Another person who spotted it shared an old Twiller. Oh, just drain, just empty the bottle now. Don't even bother pouring it into a glass. I'm crying, she wrote. This is by far the best response of penis pics I ever read. Thank you, Sir Louise Jordan. The end. This is where we are, is it? Well, all good things come to an end, Stella. Let's look at tonight's scores in last place with a K2 meter and the dead battery and a bucket with no candy. And it is me with what? seven points. But in resplendent first place, sharing the $33,000 IR camera, more candy than you could possibly wave a stick at, Michelle and Heather have tied for the lead with H. Scoring eight points. High fives all around. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. And don't forget, we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show now that we can't do live on air and around called not for your mother you can find that on soundcloud by searching for mqta radio my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris Yeton drainer michelle corrie and all at the international paranormal society intparanormal.net and all of the show sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota remember my book is currently out it's called mysterious midwest unwrapping urban legends and ghostly tales from the dead have a fabulous and wonderful halloween and it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting